0: The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Rogers News.
1: Even talking to CEOs, yes, they, they feel that earnings may be under pressure from margins, from demand, and things like that. But underneath it, they, they're you know they're making money and they're selling stuff, and things are going on, and they worry about all the you know external possibilities. But overall, they, they, this business plans are solid, and they continue to perform. But they're being careful because with higher interest rates that's more expensive with higher interest rates, demand may change, and and so they're being careful, but mild recession this year into next year. Brian Moynihan, CEO of Bank of America, echoes the widespread optimism at Davos. The implications of the global gathering in the snowy mountains of Switzerland is the focus of this week's Views Room. Welcome back to the Views Room, the podcast from Reuters Breaking Views where columnists from around the world talk about the big stories of the week. I'm your host, Amy Donlin, coming to you from London. The Global Economic Forum is well underway. But far from the great and good focusing on inflation, the threat of recession or an ongoing war in Ukraine, attendees are much more positive. Recent inflation numbers are looking more encouraging and the stock market is stabilizing. But is this rosy view reflective of reality? And what should we make of the fact that political leaders are no-shows? Stay tuned to hear the answers from my colleagues Peter Tall larsen Global Editor of Breaking Views, and Lauren Silva-Lachlan, US Editor of Breaking Views.
0: Hello from Davos. This is Peter Thar-Larsen, uh, Global Editor at Breaking Views, and I'm here with Lauren Silverlofflin, the U.S. Editor, and we've been spending the last few days uh, going around the snow-packed streets of um, of Davos. Uh, Lauren, hi.
2: Hello, Peter.
0: So, Lauren, we were last here in May when when Davos kind of came back in a sort of half-hearted way from the from the pandemic break um this has sort of been billed as the the full return of the proper davos it's also your first proper davos so so tell me what are your impressions
2: it's a lot more crowded it's a lot more cold um and there is a lot of energy i mean actually the conversations completely changed from when we were here in may um whether it's accurate or not i guess this is a whole other question but
0: so, so how is? I mean, it is definitely crowded. I mean, there are there are lines out of the hotels for the security checks and so forth. I think there's a record number of delegates. Um, but but how would you how would you say the conversation has changed? Then, and-
2: yeah, it's fine. I like went to the Belvedere, which is sort of the main hotel outside the Congress Center on. Tuesday morning thinking I would be really early for a 7.30 breakfast. I got there at 7 and hardly made it because of the line to get in. I mean, it's just a crazy buzz. But in May, it was a lighter Davos. People were still worried about COVID. That's why it was lighter. A lot of people didn't come. People were wearing masks. There was, you know, strict testing requirements. And there was tons of uncertainty. China was completely locked down. Parts of, you know, other parts of the world were in and out. Um, You know, the the geopolitical tension was really high and i think we are in an environment an economic environment where we thought rates were going to go up and continue to go up so there was a lot of caution um i think that in combination with the fact that there weren't a whole lot of people here people were just sort of Generally bummed out. Um, now it's like the wheels have come off. You know, everybody's like, "Oh, we get you know a decent reading in the U.S. on inflation, two solid weeks into 2023 in January in the stock market, and people are thinking, you know, all problems are over and it's going to be a corporate bonanza in 2023."
0: Yeah, I mean, we should clarify that those people are like CEOs of big companies and banks and investors and so forth, rather than sort of the population at large. But it's true and it's quite an interesting contrast. Definitely struck me compared with the the general uh, outlook coming into this, which is there might be a recession in the US, there might be a recession in Europe. Um, you know, we still have inflation, interest rates, uncertainty. Uh, obviously, there's still a war going on in Ukraine. A lot of the things that were, were, were a factor in back in May are still a factor now, but it sort of feels like things maybe aren't quite as bad. So in May, people were wondering, worrying about whether Europe could get through the winter, just would keep the lights on. A combination of lots of efforts to source other sources of energy, a bit of, you know, reduction of of, of of demand and so forth, and a slightly warmer winter means that's no longer a concern. Um the other thing happened that's happened obviously is that China very rapidly has decided to open up. So that um is potentially a boon for uh, for for people who are operating there helps in terms of their supply chains helps in terms of the Chinese economy. So it's I wouldn't necessarily say that like it's all great. But I guess it feels a bit less uh a bit less gloomy than it did in the past.
2: Yeah, I think the other thing too and I've heard this from a couple of different CEOs is that because they made it through 2022 with all of those issues and all of those headwinds and still had good earnings, they feel very confident that they'll be able to get through anything now. And in May, it was different. They were all thinking like, what's the next disaster? How am I going to prepare for it? Um, So I think you have like a set of CEOs who, you know, feel really good about how they got through 2022. I think you have a set of investors, like we've heard some people who really are looking for quality. They're kind of eager they're kind of you know rubbing their hands together excited about where prices are classically davos um no bad news i guess
0: yeah well i mean i think we should um uh, i mean the, the two other things i would say is it's there is there is it is striking to the people who aren't here so there's nobody really senior from the u.s administration uh i mean i guess john kerry probably is the, the, the Labour secretary. I mean, that's sort of those are the kind of people who've come here. Um, there's okay, the, the, the Chancellor of Germany, the Prime Minister of Spain, but but sort of no Emmanuel Macron, Rishi Sunak in the UK has stayed home because he's dealing with issues. Uh, you know, China sent a vice premier, uh, nobody really senior from India. So there is a sense that like Davos is back to normal, kind of, but the world has completely changed and with with covid and and then with the war in ukraine and and the governments who are much more influential in terms of setting policy regulation um uh, directing kind of you know passing big bills to to try and uh, like in the us to try and uh, stimulate a, a, a kind of renewable energy and so forth um those people aren't here so it's a little bit of a strength, a one-sided conversation the other thing i would say is that you know, Davos Inc. is not the global economy. You know, these, these, are, these are CEOs of big companies. They're generally diversified. They have operations in multiple places. They can shift assets around. Um, and they're fairly resilient financially. They're not startups, which might be running out of money. Most of those startups, funnily enough, have decided not to come because um, they're conserving cash. They're not small businesses. And also, I would say, also, there's not... a there's not, I mean, we've met one or two companies from sort of emerging markets, but compared to previously, years, I would say, there's fewer of those around. So it's a, it's kind of probably a slightly skewed sample in terms of the people we meet here.
2: And yeah, that, that is interesting, I suppose, for me, because this, I've never seen what, you know, the world is like with, you know, or Davos is like with all the real big leaders. But I've thought about it a bit since we talked about it since the be, at the beginning of the week. And you know, the U.S. obviously, sort of U.S. and China, the world's two biggest economies, right? U.S. is not, as you said, not re- really represented here with the very senior leadership. Um, and there's uncertainty there because of interest rates and, the you know, where growth is headed. In China, there's still uncertainty about lockdowns and, you know, where, wh- where they're going to go with COVID. And that is the biggest pocket, uh, potential pocket of growth this year. So you put that together and you get the, like one curse word, the one Davos curse word, which is uncertainty. I mean, people like don't want to use that word around here because everybody knows that that's the worst thing mm-hmm. for investment and for growth and for returns. Um, and we've heard from a couple of, of CEOs who have said, yeah, you know, nothing's really going to happen in the deal market until that uncertainty is cleared and and banks can offload debt and things can get going again. And um, And so I think it's a problematic for the Davos community that they weren't able to hear from the really top leaders in the US and China because you know that's a big overhang in the next year.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. So um uh, one of the one of the 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 sort of these sort of um um uh what's the word sort of anthropological kind of uh, exercises <laughs> you can do in Davos is walk up and down the promenade which is the sort of the main drag um and see which companies and which organizations have taken over shop fronts to sort of like you know present themselves to the Davos crowd um, and you can um, and so there's an interesting some interesting conclusions to be drawn I think from that you, you I think you made that walk quite early on what did you uh what did you spot?
2: I did I was really excited I was sadly like really actually looking forward to this because it was my second Davos so it was like the time that I got to compare the two so when I came in May it felt very like kind of gritty and underground the big question is like were the Russians going to show up and and it was all crypto and there was like a psychedelic house and I was like, wow, this is fun. Like, can't wait to see who's here. This time I'm going as like Workday, which by the way, like triggers me because, you know, we all have to use it for our HR functions and Salesforce, Meta, like, you know, all the US tech companies, Cisco, IBM, it's like nothing really, jazzed me and um there was a few like a few little crypto this or that but there is a huge presence of established us tech companies uh and we kind of know that story um like there's excitement around some parties and uh in uh you know some dinners and some celebrities who may or may not have come or have been here but there's like a little bit of disappointment in yeah. terms of who showed
0: up yeah no it's definitely right um uh i mean the other thing i would say just walking up the road you um uh you know there's like a, the polish have a It's it's almost like a sort of it's like a trade fair for sort of countries to to advertise themselves as potential investment destinations right which is which is one of the things that's going on because people are diversifying their supply chains and they're sort of wondering where to go so the polish have a presence the indonesians have a presence the malaysians have a presence um uh, so that's definitely i think a shift and 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 we also you know there's a couple of like governors from u.s states uh you know who've come to davos to basically talk to people about about the attractions of investing in their state so it's that's definitely, I think, a shift. The other one that really stood out to me uh, was um, uh, Manchester United, the English Premier League Soccer Club, uh, have, a sh- have like a, a storefront in Davos, which is, nobody really quite understands what they're doing here, but um, but that's definitely a, a new feature. But the one, the one I thought that you pointed out that really summed it up was that the House of Psychedelics from May has now become the India Inclusivity Lounge. <laughs> I mean, that just like that tells you everything you need to know <laughs>
2: yeah. I have to say I walked into some sort of inclusivity lounge last time in May and got kicked out because they weren't open so it seemed like the exclusivity lounge at the time um, I haven't tried the inclusivity lounge I have the India inclusivity lounge I have to say but um yeah Man U was like the big the big storefront I think at the beginning of the week everyone was really excited thinking mm-hmm. oh maybe they're meeting someone maybe for a sale or for an investment and you know even that excitement seems to have died down
0: yeah, so um, so we're sort of wrapping it we're sort of coming towards the end of the week here, um, uh, as you can tell, my voice is just about to give out. Um, I guess um, any other sort of things that you'll take away when you go back and, and, and you know talk to your friends and your colleagues about about davos what 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 do you think of the sort of the uh, what, what are the impressions that you will want know. to leave them?
2: I'm going to learn from you, Peter, which is, you've said twice now that people get things wrong, and Davis is always wrong, so I think my big takeaway is, like, hunker down. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going to happen. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. I think in May, they were so negative, we kind of thought, well, maybe you know, the, the best hope was that they're wrong as usual, um, and this time, uh, yeah, maybe we maybe hope that they break the habit and actually... Uh, get things right for a change. But um, Lauren, great to see you. And uh, well, until next time.
2: Yeah, great to be here. Thank you.
1: Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Tashlich in London. Subscribe to The Views Room and our sister podcast, The Exchange, on a cast, megaphone, or wherever you like to listen. Check out our latest views on these stories and many others at breakingviews.com and on Twitter, where our handle is at breakingviews.